Content provided in this podcast is for general information purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect that of the Mississauga Board of Trade. On November 30th, 2021, the Ontario government passed Bill 72, Working for Workers Act. Bill 27 introduces several changes to employment laws in Ontario and employers will want to ensure that they plan for these changes and the obligations that come with them. To help us clarify the legalities is Jonathan Borelli. Jonathan is a labor lawyer with Mississauga-based law firm, Kaiser Mason Ball. Welcome, Jonathan. Hi, David. Good to see you again. Well, the provincial government certainly kept you busy over the last little while. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I know you're away for a, a well-deserved uh, uh, vacation. Uh, <laughs> things were happening fast and furious while you were away. So let's talk about this Bill 27. Two really important parts to this bill. Uh, let's take uh, the uh, uh, one of them, which is the um, uh, which is the non-compete clause. Let's take that one first and find out what does that really mean. Non-compete clauses have been in uh, employment agreements for uh, forever. Uh, they massaged it at one time to say, well, you can't stop somebody from earning a living in uh, in another uh, in in their area of expertise. But this one, this one really, you know, to use your words, an overreach. Uh, yeah, this one, it's, well, you know, it's confirming what was, has been mentioned by judges over the years. You know, I'd say in, over the past 10, 15 years, judges haven't really been enforcing uh, non-competition agreements. So was this a huge surprise uh, for employment lawyers in the province? I would say no. Um, you know, th- th- but there are some, some limitations to this prohibition on non-compete agreements. And in fact, they, the government just added an, a new one right before it was passed into law. So the what employers need to know is this, any non-compete agreement with an employee is void as of uh, October 27th, which is when it was first introduced of this year. It is now passed into law. So if you have an employee and you have a non-compete agreement with them, it cannot be enforced. The important exceptions to note, number one, if there is a sale of a business, a non-compete agreement can be entered into with an employee. Now that non-compete agreement should still be reasonable, okay? And number two, the newest exception they added in was for executive employees. So if you have an executive employee, you know, C-level employees, presidents, uh, you know, usually employees who have the word chief in their title, uh, they'll be considered executives. You, there can be a valid non-compete agreement entered into with that uh, type of employee. But otherwise, uh, you know, non-compete agreements are, you know, prohibited. Let's dive into uh, what, what that really means, because there are, there are other parts to, uh, uh, to fiduciary responsibility of employees. So uh, I would imagine that just because they're saying non-compete clauses don't, exist anymore, it doesn't mean that you can um, you know, use uh, patents and, and information like that. You can't use, and this is a question, uh, you know, can you use that to, at your new employers? Uh, can you use that confidential information that one would have access to working for a company in order to benefit the employer that you're going to? 
The answer is no, right? The law is very clear on that. Uh, employees, you know, in, former employees or employees who move to, to other employers, they do have uh, certain duties uh, that may be written into a contract, uh, non-solicitation, for example, a confidentiality, like you mentioned. Those are standard clauses and they will be upheld in court. Let's say you have an employee, a senior employee, or even an executive employee. We'll use that example. And there is no written contract. Executive employees, there are even more obligations that aren't written into a law like the Employment Standards Act, but it's written into the common law, you know, the, the judge-made law in Ontario. So there are certain, uh, you know, really any officer or director of a company will have those fiduciary duties, those, those heightened duties uh, where it doesn't have to be written down, but they have, you know, enhanced duties of confidentiality and uh, you know, not using trade secrets of one company to another. So I think that probably uh, lays uh, to rest some of the fears that uh, employers would have about these non-competition clauses. Let's move on to the uh, the next one that was in this bill, which was basically your your boss can't bug you outside of the hours of work. This one, I mean, let's not even talk about how do you how do you enforce this. I'm thinking about uh, right now we have a hybrid workplace and, and employers have extended great flexibility to employees, uh, you know, over the past year and a half where you need to drop your kids off. You need to pick your kids up. Uh, you know, if you need some time off in the middle to, you know, to look after them, um, employers have been very, very flexible on, on this. But now if you start bringing in this legislation that says, well, before nine, after five, you can't send emails, you can't send texts, you can't communicate with employees. I see employers saying, well, if, if that's the case, then, you know, all that stuff that you were going, that I allowed you to do between nine and five, forget that, that's out the window. Yeah, there, there's definitely going to have to be some give and take when, you know, when employers, uh, you know, more larger employers in Ontario look at this new law. But I, I really want to break it down for you and your listeners uh, and the viewers here. So first of all, the law says an employer has to have a policy. That's what the law is. The, the, it, it generally talks about what needs to be in the policy, but it's not uh, a mandatory. There's no, nothing mandatory in the law uh, that is required to be in that policy. It, it's really it, it's, it has to be a policy on disconnecting from work, which means, to quote the legislation, not engaging in work-related communications, including emails, calls, video calls, sending other messages, so as to be free from the performance of work. So what the law is saying is, it, it's actually quite similar to the obligations employers have for harassment and, and prevention of harassment. An employer has to have a policy. So the government is saying, employers, who have more than 25 employees at the beginning of any year, you must have a written policy that discusses disconnecting from work. However, that employer, <clears throat> excuse me, however that employer chooses to implement that in their operation is up to them. So there is still some, you know, power that an employer has. You know, a, 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 a business that has thousands of employees is going to have a different policy than a business that has 26 employees. But I think it's also a really good opportunity for employers to think about, especially those employees on call and how they want to treat those employees going forward. If an employee works, they deserve to be paid. 
And, you know, you mentioned the companies that have thousands of employees. I'm thinking about companies that are not just national when you've got somebody working in Vancouver, somebody oh, yeah. working in Newfoundland. I mean, the, the window of opportunity to do business is going to be like 30 minutes. Oh, and, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, oh, I mean, you could add Australia to that. Where well, exactly. A, exactly. As you said, there's a very short window of time, maybe between nine and nine, perhaps, where it's, <laughs> you know, everyone is on the same page. So it, they have to have a policy. There's some timelines associated with that. But really, I think the saving grace is it's up to that employer to, to make a policy and it should be a reasonable policy. Well, it's certainly going to be an interesting one to follow, especially when these cases start to hit the courts. And I know that you'll keep us up to date and we will keep our listeners and our viewers up to date as well. Uh, we've been in conversation with Jonathan Borelli. Jonathan is a labor lawyer with Mississauga-based Kaiser Mason Ball. Jonathan, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Dave.